0: Hello and welcome to QA Quest episode 322. I'm your host, Mike Apps, King of the Pirates, with me as always.
1: Some sort of wonderful mechanical man, David McBurney, Family Master.
0: Nice. How's it
1: going? Uh, I I don't like hiccups. I've been having hiccups. That's That's it. That's that's all I have to report. Okay.
0: I've watched a lot of One Piece this week.
1: Yeah, no, I noticed. Because yes. your uh, your Discord icon changed.
0: Yes, I finished the first season.
1: I don't know how that is... Uh, I don't know how that is measured?
0: I don't know either, because i scrolled down the episode numbers for later seasons and it's all over the place. But it's the first 61 okay. episodes.
1: Okay, yeah, that's probably through like the the fucking like Nami's home yes. violin arc. Uh,
0: yes, there's there was a short arc after that at the place where Gold Rogers got executed. Then, yeah, yeah. And then the fire I skipped stone. a filler arc. And there's one episode where they get to the ground. Yeah. But the the Arlong arc was, uh. Yeah, that sold me on the entire show, for the most part.
1: Okay, how many it's episodes really have time. you signed yourself up for? A lot. Yeah, okay, 77, 14, 91, 130, 143, plus,
0: 195, plus. Three.
1: Two hundred twenty-eight, five, six, three, two sixty-three plus seventy would be three thirty-three. 36 plus 40, yeah, 376, plus forty is three seventy-six. Another five, three eighty-one. Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about embracing. Four hundred seven. 400 Oh god, I lost track of what I was adding up. Four hundred seven. i think That's chapters, not episodes. Uh, okay, plus 30... Uh, we're looking at 450, 500 something... 600-something, 600 six fifty, seven seventy 770-something... Okay, we might actually be far past that simply because the Wano Country Arc is currently sitting at 182 episodes?
0: Yikes.
1: So yeah, it seems to be over a thousand episodes in addition to over a thousand chapters. Uh,
0: I have a list of filler episodes. It's I feel like that's take. not
1: actually going to, yeah. Yeah, it's not It's like, you, you run into that thing, like, filler, full-on filler arcs sort of fell out of style while One Piece was airing. <laughs> uh, and a big part of that was actually because of Naruto. Because there's a point at the end of the first part of Naruto, right before the second part, where they ran filler episodes for 80 weeks while they waited for the manga to get further ahead and that like that nearly got the entire anime cancelled because people got really fucking sick of that shit and that's part of why in in the manga Naruto is just Naruto and it's split into part 1 and part 2. They retitled Naruto to Shippuden when Part two started being adapted as essentially a signal to the audience: you can watch again. It's not do- we're not doing the filler shit anymore. They're no nice. longer wandering the land of tea or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, uh one piece. Oh god,
0: I was just gonna say my son watched all of that Naruto filler shit before I could get <laughs> to <Don't- laughs> wait. Don't do this.
1: It's it's. It's less bad in the context of like a child just choosing to watch it in the modern age, where they can just stream however much they feel like. Yeah. By virtue of the fact that uh, eighty episodes would correspond to about a year and a half. So. Like having to sit there and watch garbage for a year and a half without any promise of salvation is the real issue that really tanked it. But. You know, children can just sort of watch their favorite shows forever,
0: regardless. Maybe he deserves it, though. Waited all day, did not watch One Piece live action, because I was going to watch it with him, and then he just came home and watched it without me while I was still working. (laughs) Kids will be kids. Yes, which it is very good, by the way, and it's...
1: Yeah, I heard, like, I had other people telling me, like, this is, I am baffled that this is not terrible.
0: Yes. (laughs) Not terrible and actually quite good, and... Yeah, that's what they were saying. Like,
1: it wasn't just not bad, that it was actually good.
0: And I think the reason, like, I I think where a lot of these things go wrong, like, where Disney has definitely gone horribly wrong with any of these... Cartoon, live, action live actions, things—is they just try to recreate the original thing instead of saying, "Hey, this is a different medium. Let's do something." One different. Piece was always
1: One Piece was always something that was either that was either going to have to adapt a great deal or become like the most hideous CGI bullshit you've ever seen, just because it's such a cartoony uh, style, both in terms of its art direction and character designs and just how things work, because. Yeah. Muffy stretchy is a, literally a stretch. Is the Rubber Man, who just like does stupid shit with his weird stretchy arms.
0: Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's actually not a CGI nightmare. Uh, I'm baffled by how much like just practical <laughs> stuff there is like, they, they obviously keep the rubbery shit down. Not, I don't want to say too. You, minute, you don't want to do too much it. of that right. because
1: it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so... that's gonna
1: make uh, <laughs> that's gonna make the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, and the MCU gonna look like look like a pile of shit eventually.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but in addition to like just not not making it look ridiculous, they it's different. Like they change up different story beats, rearrange some things.
1: Um, you really you really have to. I would imagine that there's going to be some heavy abridgment over time just because oh, it's for like... Sure. Oh, yeah. There was, is not... Even with the most aggressive shooting schedule imaginable, yeah. you could not successfully yeah. shoot this in a human lifetime.
0: Yes. I, I was going to say, before the arc of One Piece that definitely made me fall in love in the show, with the show, including multiple points where I was like in tears, uh, <laughs> was an arc where they where it was like, have we spent too many episodes at this restaurant boat? And I think the answer was yes.
1: <laughs> oh, the the spongy one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't want to say any of that was bad. It was just like...
1: It's like two manga it, volumes. It's wild. Yeah. Because it's like, it's essentially mostly
0: one fight. <laughs> yeah. it was It was a little much, but not that I didn't enjoy it. Yes, but then you get to the next arc, and Miles spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched all of one piece. And so, what I loved about that whole arc is, like, they've been... they've established a lot of things over the beginning, like, obviously, Luffy, the hat is super important. They, like, drill that into your brain. Yeah, they got it from Shanks. It's yes. very important. And number two, Nami don't ever ask for fucking help. So when it gets to the point where she's in tears asking for help and he puts the hat on her head, it's just like, ugh!
1: Especially nice in the in the manga, that's the point where it's starting to really show off some good shot composition, which I would imagine the anime recreates pretty faithfully. Oh, yeah,
0: it, was, it was really good. But yeah, that's, that's the moment where I'm like, okay, this... Sh- I can see why people fell in love with the show. Not that I wasn't enjoying anything beforehand, but
1: but like there's there's a question of like how how it gained
0: the degree of devotion that right. it has. And I can see that now because it expertly balances all this goofy nonsense with a massive amount of heart, like more than <laughs> I've seen a lot. Of, like I would describe that as about fairy tale at times, but I think that show and the manga. Uh, goes a little too far on the goofy side. Whereas this, I think, mm. balances it a lot better. Mm.
1: Yeah, I see that you're playing, for, for those who are not watching this get recorded live, uh, we're currently playing One Piece Odyssey, the Ioka-developed uh, Japanese-style RPG that sort of came and went, but it looks like it's perfectly solid.
0: Yeah. Heard it looks like it's
1: pretty them, deep into part into pa- post-time skip, uh, what yeah. you're gonna do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's canon or anything, so I'm not like worried about too much about ruining any yeah, of uh, really this the Yeah, really
1: the, the, really the biggest spoiler you're likely to run into is just that, uh... is just that it's going to reference things that have happened since the time skip, I would imagine. Because yeah. these definitely their post-time skip designs. By, uh, by
0: the time I'm done with this game, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a while. before I get to any of those things, anyway.
1: Yeah, was I gonna say something about it? Oh yeah, you should also be probably aware that I think there's like one movie that's canon?
0: It's not the most recent one, is it?
1: I don't... It's one of them. Like, one of the movies is canon and most of them are not, because like... The, the way that anime movies based off of shonen shows usually are, is that they cook up, like, a... Essentially... They condense a pretty normal shonen arc into one movie. And it won't really cleanly fit anywhere, it's just like, here's the characters, at a vague point in time, probably around here. And... This is, you know, like, here's a thing that they do. And... I want to. Like, one or two of the One Piece movies, they actually coaxed the manga's author to write. And he. And they're. For as. In as much as canon matters, they are considered to be canon. But. Yeah, I can. Probably get you some help with that. I've definitely got a friend who has this shit committed to memory Actually, I'm just gonna pose him that question now, and I'll get back to you
0: (laughs) But yeah, so uh, I'm gonna be talking about one piece for a long time and I was thinking about it. It's like Before this arc like the number of episodes felt like this ridiculous an insurmountable mountain (laughs) An insurmountable mountain and now that I've actually reached the point where I love all these characters. It's like this is an unfathomably glorious number of episodes to devour. So. Yeah, this this mm. is it, just, it, has,
1: it has different it has different I connotations when you're into it way. than when you are not yeah. into it.
0: <laughs> but I mean this this is really a property <laughs> I have wanted to engage with for a long long time. Like hmm. I I tried, like, the One Piece Pirate war games years ago, when I was some, some of the better moves, though. They're very good, yes, uh, and tried to watch the anime way back then, but it was like, I think that was when I would have to buy a bunch of DVDs.
1: Yeah, it helps a lot to, like, because buying DVDs of that, like, even just buying the first arc would probably entail buying at least three box sets of DVDs. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, now that I've got Crunchyroll, it's just all there, yeah. waiting for you. Yes, and we actually have Crunchyroll and Funimation to get...
1: That's weird. I'm surprised those haven't been merged together properly yet. Yeah. It's only about uh, Crunchyroll like two years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. And most... Oh, speaking of, we'll have to talk about their bad
1: subscription service oh, yeah. uh, when we get to the news.
0: But part of that had to deal to do with
1: my son obviously watches anime too, and we're watching some of the same anime,
0: and neither service has any kind of profile system, so it's just going to cross pollinate. Right. Well, so we're both watching One Piece, so it's like well. I kind of just need to get a second subscription where one of us can watch this, so...
1: A nightmare.
0: It's, otherwise, it's going to be a nightmare of who's on what episode.
1: Yeah, because it's just going to list some as being finished and some as being not. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, with that many episodes, I'm sure we're both going to take <laughs> lengthy breaks at some point.
1: How on earth is it, like, they, they Like, Sony has owned Funimation yeah, I mean, and I mean, fucking... Uh, Crunchyroll at this stage for a dog's age, and both of those services are still absolute dog shit. No, no excuses, no idea why they're like this.
0: <laughs>
1: like, a lot of content, like, great content, but, like, the actual, like, streaming services are still well below par. <laughs> uh, like, for for example, the way that one P, pe- like, the way that Crunchyroll has never been able to, like, integrate alternate audio tracks, like, everything... Like, a oh, dub yeah. is just a separate series.
0: Yeah, I forgot. I wanted to complain about that, because they went to start, and I'm like, oh, special edition, like, HD. I'm like, oh, is, did they make these older episodes widescreen? And it's like, oh, it's sub only.
1: Yeah, that's probably, it's probably for the best. Like, they weren't made to be seen yeah, in widescreen.
0: idea when, when they get to widescreen? <laughs> I
1: mean, I think the anime starts in around 2000, so I'd guess probably around 2006. Uh. Uh, when did One Piece go
0: widescreen? Let's check. Yeah, and
1: I'm seeing uh, reports that's like, oh, the remaster is just them cropping it so you see less.
0: Oh wow, that's terrible.
1: Yeah, because that's that's what you have to do with 4x3 content if you want it to fill a widescreen aspect ratio. You have to zoom in on it. Okay, I'm seeing uh, this One Piece Reddit asking this question. Uh, which episode? Uh, yeah, they're saying around episode 200.
0: Okay, well, that's not too bad, actually.
1: Yeah, that's way earlier than I would have guessed.
0: Yes, I've started looking things. I need to to refrain from looking at anything in the One Piece wiki anymore. Yeah, so that's I was watching be the just live action. action, I was like, you "Oh, who's, who this character? Where Kobe, that Kobe is, is hanging out with?" It's like, "Oh, it's like Grupp or something." And we look back up and I'm like, "Oh God!" One <laughs> that, one of the most
1: movie? fucked up nonsense things that the manga does that uh, destroys me. Is every chapter of the manga has like this little illustration of like uh, at first they seem like it was just a silly illustration of like a, a thing a fanciful thing that might be happening elsewhere, and then you then you get far enough and it's like no all of them are actually forming a different parallel story that explains things like what's but how did Buggy get himself back together? <laughs> it's like what. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> well,
0: they made that an episode in the anime. Yeah,
1: they just made it an episode right. for the anime because it's like there's no way to like they, there's no logical way to recreate that. Yes. So they just turned it into an episode. But in the manga, that was not a chapter. That was not something we just flashed to. It was just at the start of every chapter. Here's a like here's a little like one like a couple panels of just. Buggy's current whereabouts and adventures.
0: <laughs> and it, it
1: keeps doing that with other side characters as well, but that was the easily the least spoilery one, so
0: I can't tell if it's supposed to take Buggy seriously or not. Yes. Okay. Good to know.
1: Uh not it's very but, yeah. creepy
0: in the live action show.
1: I mean, there's no way to <laughs> yeah, there's okay. there's no way to adapt him into live action without him being a nightmare. So yeah. I guess it's probably for the best. It sounds like they leaned into it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh. Yeah. I need to get back to that. I read a, a couple hundred chapters and then set it aside, and I'll get back to it. I wanted to like sort of read it in arcs.
0: Yeah. There's, there's too many things. Understand?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I still, so, I still have a stack of um, fairy tale punch in your quest I need to read.
1: There's so many fucking... Like, these, these shonen manga, man, they're just so yeah. long. Oh my God. Like it, was, it was exciting when I could fucking read Chainsaw Man and there was only a hundred chapters before the end of its first part.
0: <sighs> What's that? I said... Uh... <laughs> What's the uh, also so they have a whole X-Men event going on oh, X. Lord. so they put out some new I think they're mini-series but it's like here's Uncanny Avengers and Dark X-Men I'm like alright I'll try issue 1
1: you fool
0: there's, there's a Gene Grey comic too and they were all really good <laughs>
1: you fool that's how they get ya
0: yeah I know And
1: then, then the event ends up deeply disappointing by the end
0: oh for sure Uh, How many mass extinction mutant events can we have?
1: I mean we already like I I I don't think people have finished complaining about House of M. We don't need this again. I'd like to also point out that they're like uh, the the stated goal every time they fucking do this is like, oh, there's too many mutants. It's like it's 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 too large of a group for this for this mistreatment to make sense. And it's like, have you looked out the goddamn window? Fuck you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah, uh, okay. Uh, before we forget, I want to hit couple. Uh, we hit something that just showed up, since it's going to be in news anyway, but... S asks... Uh, we, we, will, we will let Wheels talk about Venomverse later. I have
0: not read any Venomverse. I couldn't tell you.
1: Okay, so we'll save that for whenever Wheels inevitably breaks and reads that. I don't want to read really Stop! No! <laughs> I said whenever you break. Um, Did anyone read the news about Embracer Group shutting down Volition? I saw an employee of Volition uh, tweeting about an hour before uh, you know some cryptic things and then it (laughs) the news came out and I was like yeah I was afraid that's what they were getting at
0: yeah I mean I'm not surprised
1: (laughs) yeah it it was one of those things that like so a company just uh, spiked a $2 billion deal that was supposed to essentially fund all of their development for a few years at this stage. Uh, they... Uh...
0: Which I'm almost glad happened, but given who that money was going come from. <laughs> yeah, given who that
1: money was coming from, you know, it's definitely a double-edged sword. The company is now looking to cut Cut, cut as much as it can because you know suddenly it's in a two billion dollar hole. That's a lot of money. Uh, there's a company that just released a project that didn't do as well as was hoped, and like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that's Volition's fault. I think that there's a lot of issues that occurred with how the Saints Row reboot was marketed and uh, generally sold, but. The issue I would say with with this is more they had just released something it hadn't done so well that it meant that they're in, and they definitely hadn't started a lot of work on their next project. So there would be considered to be not a lot of wasted work on the balance sheet. And so to accompany Trying to make extensive cuts—that was, like, that was one of my first assumptions of who they would uh, be shuttering, and it sucks. Volition's been around for thirty years. Yeah. The. Uh, I
0: honestly, the, honestly uh, thought uh, that last game—I forget the name of it. Agents what? Of aside Mayhem? from Sandro? Yeah. The, the oh, Agents of Mayhem. Game. I thought that was. Yeah. Him, so.
1: Yeah, I wish I was surprised that they were not like that was the kind of game that usually gets a company shuttered and I'm not saying that's a good thing it's just the way corporations tend to work usually something like agents of mayhem gets a company shuttered Um... okay oh and my friend just got back to me with uh which one piece movies are canon Okay. the first canon one is apparently strong world which is at least 10 years old at this point uh, and then anyone's where the official title has is One Piece Film and then a subtitle
0: okay so that means I think so, the new one was titled that it's yeah it's one like Piece One Piece, film, Piece
1: film, film yeah One Piece Film Red One Piece Film Gold and One Piece Film Z seem to be it so yeah, those are the four that are canon. Uh, if you need, I can how I can consult with someone who knows better about when you should be seeing something like Strong World, but uh, that can be something we can worry about later. Yeah, I assume uh, it's not. I assume the first. One it's not going to be for a while. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, it sucked. It wasn't surprising, uh, but it sucked. Uh, the timing of the announcement is Gross. particularly craven. Yeah. Uh, they definitely decided that they were going to tell people right when Starfield review embargo came out on purpose, uh, and uh, there is uh, the the profound fun of. Uh, that they their employment was ended on the last day of the month, so they don't even get like a last month of health insurance. Ugh. Like they are just out of health insurance today, so that sucks. Um, yeah, it's it sucks. It wasn't surprising. Uh, I suspect we're going to see. There was also slightly less publicized, publicized was. Uh, the publishing arm of Gearbox also saw layoffs. I'm not sure to what extent. It was, like I said, much less uh, publicized because it wasn't the shuttering of an entire ancient company. Yeah. Uh, do we do we have any particular favorites from Volition we want to bring up?
0: Uh, I mean Red Faction Guerrilla was pretty cool at the time.
1: Red Faction One at the time was considered to yeah, be a real highlight. Uh, the geomod technology was very unique at the time. It's one of the first things that took like obvious uh, inspiration or f- inspiration from Half Life, and for a long time, it was like one of the only shooters people would like talk about in the same breath as Half Life. Uh, it's it's a real neat game. Uh, there's a really bad uh, version of N- of of Red Faction for the Engage.
0: Yes. Uh, Sorry,
1: that was that was mean. They didn't even make that. I shouldn't bring that up. Uh, the <laughs> first they
0: did port a bunch of games <laughs> for Mac for you no know, reason, like uh, well not a bunch, but like Red Faction. <laughs> they they Summoner. were they
1: were actual supporters. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first volition game I actually played was a uh, PS2 launch title, Summoner. <laughs> yes. A game
0: that's which isn't not really great. great, but I do like it.
1: It's not great, and I would never say that it's great. It is interesting to me because it was very much a PC-style RPG that just showed up on the PS2 at launch, and there were very few of those in the console space at that time. And so it was, it was interesting that they even attempted it. Uh, I, I believe cool. it's also on PC as well. but
0: yeah. Yeah, I think it's, And it was on Mac, too. That's where I yeah. you know, played it. I think it's more remembered for this point by the hidden uh d sketch
1: yeah the D&D sketch which like was ripped from like some tro- floating around audio at that time i can't remember what it's from some weird old sketch but like they they did essentially the an early official machinima of yeah. a weird old like D&D comedy audio
0: yeah, but that that made its way around the early
1: yeah, and I think a lot of times people weren't actually sure what the, what the what game was in it. Yeah, like what what was this? What was the three D renders were coming from?
0: What's this weird monster at the fridge? And
1: what's this like nightmarish? Look, like the the characters in Summoner are very sallow looking. At the best of times, they're all very unhealthy looking. So you got Joseph there, and he's just, like, looks like kind of a walking corpse, and, like, that's partly because of the game's atmosphere, but it's, it's super weird looking outside of the context. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually not the only Summoner game, there's a second Summoner game that's much more of an action RPG. Yeah,
0: and uh, they did some more gags over the years, to the point where I wonder if that's kind of what led them in the direction of Saint's Row.
1: I get the sense that they were never uh super married to the notion of being serious like once once Saints Row happens, they kind of leave behind the no well, I should say once Saints Row two happens, they kind of leave behind the notion of uh, taking anything seriously uh I don't think they, they tell something that's 100% straight-faced uh, yeah. at any point past Saints Row 2. <laughs> Saints Row 1 still kind of takes itself seriously, it's just that it has a lot of like comedic elements that are kind of... because it's in the GTA mold, and then with 2 they just fully go like to wacky town. The, the other thing that's kind of sad about this is that it leaves into question I believe there was at some point announced DLC for Saints Row uh, reboot that is now in limbo. and there was some sort of announced patch to try to finally fix the PS uh, the PC version of Saints Row 2 uh, which has been just infamously broken for basically since its release. And since that was the only version that was available, they were going to try to patch it so that it was at least preserved for posterity. That you could still just. You could actually play Saints Row 2 and not have it uh, just completely break. Uh, but, you know, any work on that that's been done, it's unclear how finished it was. So. God only knows. Sucks. Uh like the, the the industry is in that shape it's like you can't blame them for selling they didn't they didn't have a lot of other options like their strongest relationship with any publisher was whoever was holding the earthly remains of THQ like yeah. THQ had been their publisher basically since 2000 like they published they published Summoner on PS2 and I I think some of their their very early titles have different publishers, but after that, that's kind of their only publisher. Uh, And then when THQ went under, they just sort of continued that relationship with uh, you know the companies that ended up buying that moniker and then being bought. So it was kind of inevitable that they didn't. Then then Embracer. but there was, there was really no choice for them. They didn't have, like, a strong relationship with another publisher who'd be willing to just start funding additional AAA games. They kind of needed to take that buyout, but then, you know, the, the company that buys them out, it turns out, does not is not financially stable enough to keep them going, and then this shit happens. It sucks. Yeah.
0: <sighs> I mean, I hope they tried to sell the studio off, but who knows. Mm, yeah, oh, you mean,
1: uh, oh no, the, the, the announcement they made was that the studio had been dissolved effective immediately.
0: Yeah. So
1: there is, like, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some discussion behind closed doors to see if they could find a buyer, but I don't. I don't think that, that any real headway would have been made on that.
0: I don't think they have any value at this point anyway, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, let maybe, maybe let's not phrase it like that. The yeah, market it's is not... It's true. Yeah, the, the the market does not see the value yeah. that Volition had.
0: There's a lot of talented people there that never, never quite got to a real fair chance after... THK went under. Yeah, they, they really got fucked
1: over by that, yeah. and they they made they made a, they made the best out of some what I can only imagine were some really tortured development cycles.
0: Yeah, so, they yeah, pour one out. Never quite found themselves like thankfully, um, Gunfire Games did, which went through yeah, that company went through a lot of stuff. That, yeah,
1: yeah, that, that went through a real trial by fire. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I hope I hope everyone there lands on their feet. Um, you know, yeah. I, uh, I don't care what reviewers say that the latest Saints Row is totally fine, and they did fine work on it, and there's lots yeah, of talented uh, people that deserve, they're, <laughs> deserve some work.
1: They're, they're honestly, like, because GTA Online sucks yeah. the air out of the room, there honestly aren't a lot of games that are just like, here's an open-world crime film. <laughs> A crime game in a modern city anymore? <laughs> like, weirdly? Like, everything else has to have, like, a different... gimmick, because Grand Theft Auto is the one that's in the modern city. And so... It feels weird to say, but Saints Row just being... you know, that kind of game in a modern city, just... you know, having fun, like, that, that... is rare now, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> let's, uh... let's maybe... Move forward a bit. Um got some other news. Uh Starfield embargo lifted, it scored about how you'd expect. Yeah. Uh seven to nine range, that sort of thing. Played at some point uh, because Game pass! Al- it's allegedly way less buggy than usual.
0: That's shocking, <laughs> given the scope.
1: It's not that shocking, given that they have a very different, uh, corporate overlord with very different ideas of how buggy something can be and still get released. But... Yeah, so. but yeah, it looks interesting, the things that they did sound like they're probably in my wheelhouse, so I'll probably get around to it eventually.
0: Um,
1: And then the the other, just like, man, what the fuck? Mm Uh, news. Less less depressing and more just like, why? Uh, PS Plus prices got raised pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The base plan that you need in order to play online games with friends is now $80 a year. Uh, For basically zero, like, improvements to the service.
0: And, like, yeah, yes, it's for online multiplayer, but for me, the bigger thing is that's how you get cloud saves, too. Like, you get no cloud saves without that, which I don't think is true on the Xbox side.
1: I haven't actually checked, but... Yeah, it's, it's... It sucks, like, it sucks, uh, the- the extra tier that was, uh, previously $100 a year is now $135 a year? That felt like it just, like, completely throwing darts at a board price. And the already overpriced at $120 a year, uh, premium tier that was basically just the extra tier plus a random smattering of poorly emulated old games. Uh it's now a hundred and sixty dollars a year. I I cannot imagine for whom that level of service is actually worth it. Like you get one or you get something like maybe three games a month. The like emulation is still not very good. <laughs> uh it's a complete like crapshoot about what ones you'll actually get. I think it like The idea of the value add is supposed to be that i think it also encompasses what used to be ps now but that was never a great service to begin with and yeah it's just like i mean that just feels weird like you couldn't really get people to bite on that like allegedly they're trying to completely re-architecture their cloud streaming service uh to, to sort of uh keep up with the joneses with microsoft's offering the, like, this, this, like, if you're going to do that you've raised the price after you've re-architected the cloud streaming not before <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah oops uh, not <laughs> not, Im-
0: not impressed by this not impressed. No, no, not impressed by this
1: we can we can leave off on uh, the new direct that happened this morning. I didn't watch about it. So Super Mario Wonder direct. Uh, it looks fun. It looks like uh, it looks like, a new, it looks like a new Mario. Uh, the whole uh, Wonder seeds look like a lot of fun. Uh, new art is nice and appealing. It, it looks like new Mario. Uh, you can play as any Mario character who has basically ever been available in a 2D side-scroller. So uh, the only Charles
0: one. Charles Martinet,
1: No, he is... as of this game, like, the, this game will be the first one with a replacement for Charles Martinet.
0: Interesting. Which is still a weird situation.
1: Yeah, he's, he's officially now just a Mario ambassador. Uh, I would imagine that there was, like, just a bunch of negotiations behind closed doors to make sure that uh, that he was, you know, happy to still occasionally bust out a Mario voice from like, an interview where they're promoting Mario or what have you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like, I would imagine that they mostly wanted to get ahead of recasting him before he... before anything kept him from doing the role, basically. Uh, but yeah, so we've got... the, the playable characters we've got are... Mario, Luigi, multiple flavors of Toad, uh, Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, uh, Toadette, Nabbit, Yoshi, uh, yeah, That's cool. Other, I swear there was another one, but. Yeah, basically anyone who's ever been playable in a 2D Mario, the only one not announced at this stage would be Rosalina, who is almost assuredly oh, just like an unlockable or something. Oh. Uh, they all play the same, uh, I guess to. Pro- like, one of the issues they always. One of the reasons they always gave for why Peach wasn't playable in. Uh, the new super mario brothers uh multiplayer games was the well she would float and then that would create a major difference uh, over how she operated uh and it seems like they ultimately stopped being so precious about it and just said fuck it she just plays like everyone else <laughs> uh but yeah so all, all of those characters are playable they all play the same so it's just like who do you want to be uh except yoshi and nabbit yoshi and nabbit play weird um <laughs>
0: Those <laughs> are the two I'm gonna play.
1: If you played uh, New Mario Brothers, you Nabit's gimmick was that uh, he could not be killed. Uh, Is that still like, his gimmick? Yes.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, he's he's the unkillable. He's the character for your little brother or whatever. Uh, and then. Uh, Yoshi, I believe, is also unkillable. But, a, if one player is playing as Yoshi, another player is actually allowed to jump on them, and they become one unit. Uh, and that means, also, Yoshi can ride Yoshi. Uh, which is also a little weird. A Little weird, A little weird. Um...
0: Snail phone.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I, I have nothing but confidence in that. Uh, sadly, only local multiplayer for the traditional uh, four players. That's understandable. They've done a bunch of stuff to try to incorporate the sense of community multiplayer uh, between, uh, even though like you can't do the just like play the game co-op. Uh, there's like. Uh, online races you can do, where the other players are sort of ghost players that you can uh, you can race against in real time on most stages, and I would imagine that, that was done just so that, like, if if your connection sucks and you like the ghost runs out of sync with you for whatever reason, that's way less of a problem than if something you can collide with goes out of sync with you. <laughs> i would imagine that's why that was done but like you know there's there's a full multiplayer thing like if you're online uh you can see other players who are playing the same stage as like ghosts and uh if you die and they run into your corpse you can get revived by them that sort of thing you can leave sort of messages like a (laughs) cliche but like a souls game uh it's, it's a really weird thing but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a very interesting uh, set of ideas. So uh, It looks it looks really neat. Looks like a lot of
0: fun. Excellent. Uh-huh. Can't wait for that one.
1: Looks like we'll be getting a good 2D Mario and a good 2D Sonic like within three days of each other. Yeah. Extremely the, fucked up.
0: is the Mario RPG, is coming out in the same month? Or is that the month after?
1: I think it's the month after. I think that's November. I figured that we'll probably get a full-size direct for everything else. Yeah. Probably sometime in September.
0: Uh, let me see.
1: Mario RPG <laughs> Remake? Uh, yeah, I think it's November. Yeah, November 17th, so about a month later. Yeah... Um. Yeah, that's- I think that's most of the news we've run into. Uh... it's, it's, you know, okay. it's been a busier week than the end of August feels like it should have yeah. been.
0: See the stars <laughs> came out today. Oh yeah,
1: people seem to be digging that.
0: Yeah, and Turtles DLC. Should I a little bit today? Cool.
1: I gotta pick that up.
0: Thankfully, it's under
1: $10. Thankfully. Uh, but yeah, um. But yeah, that's uh. That's, that's it for the news. What have we been playing?
0: Uh, I've been playing some Legend of Heroes. Moving nice, along yeah, I've seen you logging in on that. <laughs> yeah, so you're dragon. making.
1: Yeah, yeah, a Dragon, a dragon Chapter Prequel. Cool.
0: So, moving along. Trying to finish up in the next week or so, and then I'm gonna try and. Probably gonna play. Um, oh god, random networking. Probably gonna play the next one on easy. Try and make up for some lost time going through that one. <laughs> Summer Falcons. <laughs> uh, not because I dislike the combat or anything. I just feel like I'm reaching. Uh, I. I've had too much of it at once this year, so I want to try. Especially, and focus especially on story because for the next one.
1: Yeah, especially because the third has a lot of combat, so it can be good to just sort of get speed know. that through. And <laughs> Joe's saying he finally started on Blade <laughs> Three. Good on yeah.
0: you! Sweet. i still need <laughs> to finish that at some <laughs> point. I'm probably gonna put that on the list of things to finish before uh, Destiny Two expansion. Nice to want things. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so I've been
1: playing garbage.
0: I was just gonna say, thankfully they are adding the old raid they added to Destiny Two this year. It's the easier Destiny One raid, so uh, Destiny right. Two will not. Will not. And they also did not raise. The, Light level cap again for the season, so they are being <laughs> kind to my time for now, out. for now, until next year, and then... Okay, sorry, carry it all
1: better. Uh, So I've been buying garbage, uh, I haven't been able to really commit to much, played a bit of Armored Core 6. That's not garbage, that doesn't belong in the garbage discussion.
0: That. Yeah, that's really good.
1: Yeah, it's quite good.
0: Yeah, I was honestly worried that they were going to make it less armored core and more, I don't know, mainstreamish. They did not. It's armored core as fuck.
1: Yeah, it's it's got less clunky controls and more exciting boss fights. So that's about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. <sighs>
1: um... Yeah, uh, what, have I been what have I spent like 30 minutes playing uh, at length repeatedly over the course of? Let's see, I sat around and played the first hour of Beyond the Beyond. Wow. I don't why? know why. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, eh, it's there. It's there and I'm broken, I guess. Uh, that game sucks. Uh, like not in any particularly interesting way it's just kind of boring uh, let's see uh, I played something I played something better but still random because I played like the first hour of uh, shining the holy Ark
0: yes. Yes.
1: I'm not Ready to believe that Smokin' Joe is the it's the one human being who's an unironic beyond the beyond. Thing. Okay,
0: Finny.
1: Adorable podcast guests. Yes. <laughs> but...
0: Got it. Yeah. So Chase is on the case. Know. Are you gonna need me
1: to, like, ramble a bit while you do
0: something? No, we're good.
1: Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I played some Shining the Holy Ark. I love
0: that game.
1: Yeah, that game's actually pretty good.
0: Let's um, It's see. also weird. Oh, extremely. You, you get possessed by weird alien things.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get possessed by Greys really early. Uh <laughs> who are seemingly benevolent Greys. But also uh it, it's weird to it's honestly just weird to play a first person dungeon crawler with defined characters. Yes. Like that's that's a very it, it, like it, it's just a non not conventional of the genre. No but like I ran into Huh?
0: That game is like a straight up JRPG as a That
1: happens to be a first-person right. dungeon brawler,
0: which I would love to see more of. But everyone just wants to make variations on wizardry.
1: Just yeah, it's kind nuts. of it's kind of a shame. Like, there's a lot of design space that isn't really explored.
0: Yeah, and there's lots of cool things that game does that I still haven't seen other games like that do. Like, every almost everything is organic when you run into a monster. Like, oh, this snake. Like, it just appears the behind something. Yeah, you know? or get turned around and a zombie comes around the corner. It's... yeah Yeah, there's, cool. there's, a,
1: there's uh, an attention to presentation that's fairly... it's un- fairly unusual. Uh, fireminder has to Starfield. wait for the patches... I mean, I might just download it on my Series S and see and have a little fun with it now, because yeah. it seems like... Allegedly, it actually runs better than most Bethesda games do on the release. Yeah, I mean,
0: if I was going to purchase it, I'd probably wait, but, I mean, Game Pass? Like, why? I have no
1: real particular reason yeah. to wait. So watching this is making me wanna play this, I should see if it runs on deck.
0: <laughs> it does. It runs really well, and, um... Got it from Green Man Gaming, I think, for 25 bucks?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that just constantly goes on. Sale. Yeah. So yeah,
0: I yeah, keep, yeah, I'll right. keep my I eye out for it. On deck, it was, not huge; it's like or thirty so. yeah. it's
1: not something that can be made to work, uh, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see a particular need to wait for patches just because I'm out nothing by just trying Starfield. So, yeah. I might, unless, uh, unless I have a compelling reason not to pay for Game Pass for a month, I'll probably just pick it up. Uh, uh, like I said, it seems like it's kind of into the stuff that I would actually want to experience, so, uh, you know. That's fun. Um, okay, this fun. This
0: game is fun. One Piece is fun. I'm glad I finally took the plunge.
1: Uh, do I start singing the rap from the 4Kids version now?
0: Uh, I, I listened to it, and I lasted about 20 seconds into it. Shut up.
1: why <laughs> Whyo? why i why
0: uh, yeah, I'm scared. What else? What's wrong? with so I saw there were other voice actors in... So, I'm scared.
1: Oh, just entirely different group. It's it's basically a bunch of the same people you'd have heard uh, dubbing Pokémon. Here's how the story goes. We find out... about a treasure in the Grand Line, there's no doubt.
0: Oh god, are you looking up the lyrics?
1: Of course I know. Listen. If I if I want to listen to like a completely baffling uh, early to mid ops uh, anime dub theme song, I'm just going to listen to Revolution because they contracted that to Real Big Fish for some reason. <laughs> Three, two, 1, Diva Revolution. <laughs> they they did a lot of weird commercial work <laughs> at that time. <laughs> They're also in a Rice Krispies commercial at one point as well. Extremely strange. Uh, uh, yeah. I see, I need to check the... Oh, some, uh Did anyone play Blasphemous 2? Blasphemous is my taste. I know Smokin' Joe played it. He seems to be enjoying it. but yeah. I, that's all tried, I can say.
0: I gave Blasphemous 1 the old college try. It was gross. So I'm probably going to skip to. just have lost taste for... Oh, for like unironic violence. Kay. That's why you won't see us streaming Mortal Kombat One.
1: Yeah, looks like a lot of reasons to not do that. Yeah, that's true. Three, two, one, vivo Revolution. Okay, let's uh, jump to the big list of questions a couple of those. It's going to be kind of a short episode this week because we're both exhausted for dumb reasons. Um, I, I can't speak for wheels' reasons. I should say my reasons are dumb. You
0: heard my reason <laughs> of live on the show.
1: It's, yeah, it's true. Uh, unless, unless, you're listening to the, uh, unless you're listening to the podcast version. I can't remember if you said that before or after we started the podcast part. I don't. Yeah, we're as as it's obvious we are both shot. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: oh, My Paramount Plus played play the Paw Patrol. Save me. <laughs> I <laughs> thought they were on a roll.
1: Should I even ask?
0: going to be a lot of it this month the new movie comes out this month
1: oh sweet lord sweet lord fucking god i've been watching i've been watch- watching a lot of like uh animated shit that i've been meaning to either watch or rewatch to catch up with i uh just finished shotgunning bojack horseman uh it's-
0: I've heard that's good. No, oh, that reminds me. I'm oh, that's a, I'm a few episodes behind on Futurama now.
1: Yeah, I need to pick that back up. I was just uh, at this point, I'm just sort of waiting for all of them to be out. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard nothing but good things about the episodes that have aired. So.
0: No, that's, I, uh, I watched the been, first one and it was really good. It's been mm-hmm. way better than the Last Return. Although the yeah the the final episode of the Last Return was actually really good. It was a nice for Uh, the series that was then uncapped.
1: Yeah, the thing I I would say about the Comedy Central era of Futurama is not that it was ever uniformly bad. It was just that it was much less consistent than it had ever been before. Yeah. Because, like, you'll get episodes in that one that are, like, fantastic and stand with the best episodes of the show, like the late Philip J. Fry. uh, Which is, like, the fifth episode of the Comedy Central run. And I don't think it ever really topped, but, I mean, it was a really, really good episode. Uh, But then you would get episodes that were just, like... You you just sort of wondered why they did it. Uh, One gets the sense that they were maybe also told to dial back the amount of continuity to some extent. And now with Hulu, they're much more in the, like, actually, more continuity if you can! (laughs) And that's that's worked out well for them, uh, but yeah, I, I watched.
0: I like that they paid off that episode from years ago where Kiff uh... gets knocked up a notch. Yes.
1: Yeah, that was one of those ones where like they, and it makes perfect sense in the timeline because, uh, within the timeline, Kiff basically says at the end of that episode that in like 20 years they'll sprout legs and crawl back up onto land. Uh, and like, well. That episode aired in like 2002. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, uh, there, there's some other uh, quite good ones in the Comedy Central era. Uh, the the one where Fry becomes like a like Minority Report cop is actually quite good. Uh, I do uh, I do mourn the version of that episode that was concepted that like David X. Cohen said it was like uh an incredibly high concept sci-fi episode uh that was never made because they had come up with this incredibly consistent like time travel plot where like the idea was that like there was someone moving backwards in time like at the same rate as someone as the cast is moving forwards in time and it's like trying to reach the point where they meet in the middle but like they're like, interfering with each other in weird ways, it was apparently a deeply consistent high-concept sci-fi plot that they decided was not funny at all. (laughs) And, like, I I understand that, but it is a bit of a shame that they weren't able to make that.
0: (laughs) Um, Hi, Finny. Why are you still away? (laughs)
1: Yes. But yeah, I, I, I finished watching BoJack Horseman, which is uh, a great, devastating little series in a lot of ways. Uh, Will Arnett is an incredibly talented voiceover artist, which yes. shouldn't be as surprising as it was. Just uh, one of those things where I'd like not heard him do a ton of voice work, but like he does a he does a great job as BoJack. He's a great, like, uh, man too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of. There's an episode that I was really impressed with in season five of that. Uh, the, uh, the entire episode is basically just him delivering one long monologue, and I was impressed that the writers and the, the creators had enough confidence to just do one monologue on one set, no other characters. It's just him talking the entire time. And that it works—that uh, was a really great episode of television. Mm. Uh, the, I would have said honestly it justified the whole enterprise, but it's also one of those things where it's like this is funny. It's also deeply, deeply uh, sad much of the time. So <laughs> it's, it's very sad, kind of funny. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of resonance uh, for for people who have uh, a lot of thoughts about uh, living with uh, abusive or toxic people and people who uh, live with extreme amounts of (laughs) self-loathing. Yeah, great show, though. Uh, Then, uh, speaking of Futurama, (laughs) uh, well, not really speaking of Futurama, but uh, there's honestly at this point more crossover than you'd think. I was also, uh, g- going back and looking at the original, uh, the, the real old Beavis and Butthead shorts, which are a very strange thing to watch. Uh, but, I say, uh, <laughs> I say speaking of Futurama because it, it always surprises me to remember David X. Cohen, the co-creator of that, his first, like, Comedy writing job was on Beavis and Butthead.
0: Oh
1: wow! <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the mo- the most recent Beavis and Butthead movie, *Do the Universe*, honestly has kind of a weird, high-concept sci-fi plot. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's been an interesting thing. Like the the real old shorts of that are not super good. And I say that, uh, knowing full well that the creator of them also thinks they're not very good. Uh, it, it takes a few years for that show to become uh, interesting as more than a novelty. But the the real old ones are fascinating for the amount of uh, film, uh, like short film festival energy they uh, contain. Being made as uh, the the pilot short frog baseball having been made uh for a uh like fucking spike and mike's twisted cartoons or whatever the whatever the hell that festival was called but yeah and it's 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 fascinating to uh see on the basis of it was made by like three people tops (laughs) uh but yeah, it's I find as as is the same with uh, being fascinated by the evolution of franchises and creators in video games. I'm also fascinated by that in terms of you know animation. So that was that's something I'm enjoying doing. Even though it's uh, you know I could probably recommend. Hey, maybe just skip the first like. T- season or so of Beavis and Butthead, if you have to watch it,
0: but... Mm.
1: There's some quality stuff in there eventually, though, so... Uh... See, let's hit some quick ones... Uh, is there any book exploring the movement to give developers more power over their own games? Ionstorm Storm, GDC, IGF gathering developers, I think you can make a good book talking about what all of them were trying to do in the late 90s early aughts. There's a lot of books that cover aspects of that uh, that cover people who are party to that, but I can't think of a book that is just about that, which is a bit of a shame I would hope someone's working on that, because those people are still at an age where you could get, you could interview them and hear from the horse's mouth what they thought they were doing, and then there's still records to figure out if they're lying to you? <laughs> But uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not aware of a book that actually covers that. The you, you run into like so the thing that sucks, uh, one of the many things that sucks about uh, art that is made collaboratively, is the stuff that you run into with companies like Ion Storm and. That sort of thing, where it's like, or for for a period, there 3D realms, where it was just sort of like, the developer gets to sit there and make uh, the things that they think are important, and they've got enough money that they can just sort of ma- they can just sort of make their own decisions, and if they don't think the game's ready, they don't have to uh, force it out. But then, you know, a lot of times when you give someone that kind of control there's never a point where you just say oh i don't think i could make any improvements to this like that's just not how creative uh, creative work works you need something that sort of forces you to say it's not worth continuing to whatever improvements i could make are not worth it because i don't have time i don't have money i don't have x y and z But, you know, of course, the only mechanism that exists within our current system to actually do that is corporate overlords who then shut up the company at the drop of a hat and, like, a million other things that suck. There's a... I I plug this a lot. There's a good channel on YouTube uh, from Mark Dara. He's a guy who used to work at Bioware. He still apparently does some... uh, Contract work to sort of uh, keep the place going, uh, but uh, one of the things that he he routinely brings up is completion urgency. Uh, just just a notion, and, and uh, in he did a video about this a couple days ago, actually, where he was sort of talking about like you need to find a way to create the sense that like you you have to just. Like, start locking parts of the game down and saying they're done, and like that's really hard. And but you know, in in the video, he does a he does a good job of pointing out that it's like uh, the the sense that something is finished usually comes from the bottom, but it's very easy for the people at the top to essentially uh, to tamp down on that sense of completion. And send it back for more revisions. So it's you know a, a good job of pointing out that like this is something that is a managerial failure to just commit and say this this is done this is this is what it is. But c- completion urgency, uh, very very important. Uh, just one one of those case studies you end up getting from the other direction is your Ion Storms, your treaty Realms, that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things that really uh, poisoned uh, Daikatana was that it was being made in the Quake engine, and then uh, you know, as it was, you know, getting getting to that like you know, the end is in sight. We we are ma- we are making a game that will eventually come out uh, in a reasonable time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quake Two was shown at trade shows, and suddenly. It was like, well, we're not as technically impressive as Quake 2. We need to switch to the Quake 2 engine. And the Quake 2 engine does not behave anything like the Quake 1 engine. No. They're, they're just completely different. And so all of that work essentially had to be thrown out. And everything gets redone from the top. And it's like you see something similar with Duke Nukem Forever, where. Every every investigation into what was going on at 3D Realms was basically that the head of 3D Realms had the money to be able to say, well, we're not releasing this until it's done. But, you know, you'd see, uh, again, this is allegedly, I would trace this back to an article that ran, I believe, in Wired in like 2011 before... Gearbox picked up and published uh, Duke Nukem Forever. It was after it had been cancelled at 3D Realms and was before it had been sold off anywhere. Uh, But basically they had gotten in touch with some of the people that had worked on it and basically the description they gave was that uh, the game was in this constant state of George Broussard would see another game that had something that he thought was impressive and suddenly it needed to be in Duke Nukem Forever. And you run into this issue of, like, yeah, if you have essentially what feels like infinite time and resources, one of the easiest things to do is to say, we don't have to make that decision yet. We don't have to make that decision yet. Like, we can we can do this and, like, we can see how we feel about it and then, you know... Uh, uh, y- you, you can always see how it could be better. You can always see where there could be more. There could be more. You could do better. And so you, you don't want to make that lockdown that says, okay, but this is what it is. This is what we're shipping with. And so you end up with these really, really long, long ones. What would have happened if Romero, Tom Hall, and American McGee just stayed at id? A different Quake 3 and Doom 3? Uh... You probably see a pretty different uh, Quake 3 and Doom 3, just because those are very programmer-driven games. Like, the the lead at id, at that point, becomes John Carmack, who very much sort of makes games at that point on, like, this is the technology that I want to, like, the technology, the programming techniques, the ideas that I want to incorporate into an engine. And the d- game design molds to fit that. So, like, really going all in on, like, network programming is what produces something like Quake 3 Arena. Really going all in on, like, new graphics technology is what produces something like Doom 3. And if you still had people like Romero or Tom Hall, or, like, to a lesser extent, I don't, I don't know if American McGee would have had the clout to really disagree and take the reins of those... Uh, ...of those projects within the Eid uh, corporate structure at that point. But, like, if you still had some people like Hall or Romero... ...you would probably have had more people that had the clout to push back... ...and maybe push those games in different directions. I think you would get very different games out of them. But you might also just end up with a case where, like... ...part of the reason they split is that they all have very different ideas of what they want to make and you might have had trouble getting anything out, because there was just a fundamental disunity in what they wanted to make. Um. So, who ultimately wins in the early-outs multiplayer FPS, Quake or Unreal Tournament or Halo? Uh, I mean...
0: Unreal Tournament, all versions.
1: I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) Um, The answer is that it very much depends upon what you were playing on. On PC, I would say Unreal Tournament ends up winning. On consoles, it's Halo, no contest. Uh, if you're talking about quality, I'm not really qualified to say. Uh, Quake Three, of course, is and it's a wonderful game, but it did not have the lasting support that Unreal Tournament ended up having. Like Unreal Tournament became a franchise, Quake Three is a game that like i'll put it this way quake 3 is a game that comfortably came out within the dreamcast's viable lifetime and quake 4 is an xbox 360 launch game Mm. so like you know great as it was it did not have the kind of lasting support that unreal tournament did where there were multiple uh there was depending upon how you count somewhere between three and five unreal tournaments in that time time period uh depending upon if we're counting like the Unreal Championship games, which are like kind of Unreal Tournament and kind of not. Uh,
0: Yet they're kind of like, the first one's basically basically, um, I think, 0.3, just like Yeah, that would be closest
1: to it in the timeline. Yeah. And then 2 is much more its own animal, as I recall. I don't have
0: power, I? Uh, no, you don't have powers, buddy. Sorry.
1: You should blame Quake 4 for everything, everything from the death of Quake to climate change. Uh, I did not play Quake 4 because I thought it looked bad. And I've never had anyone disabuse me of that notion, so I'll uh, I'll go right on ahead.
0: Yeah, I've not played it either and see no reason to.
1: Yeah, I, I do love that Like, Quake 1 has nothing to do with Quake 2. Which has nothing to do with Quake 3, which has yeah. nothing to do with Quake 4, but which does have everything to do with Quake 2.
0: Yeah, well, that's weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Um, the the only it's the only id shooter with a weirder canon is probably Wolfenstein. Oh yeah. Where Wolfenstein 09? Uh, like all of them are canon, even the ones you you have never heard anyone say anything about, like Wolfenstein 09.
0: Well the developers uh, of uh, what's their name? It's Machine Games?
1: Machine Games was not 09. Uh, Machine Games was New Blood. But
0: I was was just going to say, they very specifically wanted to keep everything in canon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Machine Games uh, do incredible work. They did a new expansion for Quake 2 with the remaster. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Wolfenstein Mobile RPG is canon, too. I believe it actually is. Uh, Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, with with Doom, nearly everything is canon. I think I can't remember if they ever found a way to wedge Doom Three into canon, even though it doesn't make any sense because it's pretty obviously a remake of Doom One.
0: Yeah. Wolfstein yeah, Mobile but, RPGs came into. I don't know about that one.
1: I'm pretty sure that's
0: canon, actually. Probably, yes.
1: Uh, I remember looking into this at some stage, but yeah. Um,
0: yeah i almost said, Machine Games. got shunted off to do they're doing a james bond game or something
1: right no they're not doing james bond that's io interactive
0: no they they're doing some licensed property i forget what it was
1: yeah i know they just did that, like i said that quake 2 expansion oh yeah they're involved in the indiana jones thing yeah that was it i'm sure they'll be good at that yeah. it combines their knowledge of being good at making action games and being good at killing nazis so yeah. I think
0: they uh, I think okay. they'd intended to do at least one more Wolfenstein game, so.
1: Yeah, I hope we get more of that. I love their Wolfenstein games. They're great. Um, where does Doom 64 even stand? It is an, acknowledged by Doom Eternal and Doom, uh, Doom 2016, so it's definitely canon. Presumably post-Doom 2. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that reminds me of like the real wildness of that that Quake Two uh, remaster, which also includes the levels from Quake Two Sixty Four, which are completely different from proper Quake Two. Mm-hmm. So they just included them in the remaster as a bonus campaign. <laughs> that's it's you know that's that's good presentation preservation. Like yeah. those those were gone. Those were gone. Uh, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, let's hit one more from the question. We'll probably call it an early night since you've started playing card games. Uh, hit. Hmm, that's gonna be a tough one. What developer is the most famous case of a one hit wonder?
0: Hmm. Uh, that's
1: tough to think of. I can think of a lot of companies that had, like, a brief burst of, like, one or two games. And then sort of, uh, like, went into a very dark space. When I think of that, I think of, like, uh, Delphine. But that's, like, two games, because it's both... uh another world and flashback, and then everything after those is really, really depressing. Uh, And that's kind of the issue, is that usually when I can think of, I can think of a lot of two-hit wonder developers. Not really one-hit wonders. Usually there's at least two good things. I've got one kid who made Pepsi Man. Kid's done a lot of stuff. And I'm not sure I could rightfully call Pepsi Man a hit. Uh, let me see if I can. I know that I've seen their name on a bunch of things because I think they used to do a lot of contract work. Um... Okay, do I remember any of these things? Okay. Bunch of visual novels, visual novels, visual novels. Licensed games, licensed games. No and Chibi madoka games. Oh, I know Low-T, man. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the NES G.I. Joe games are actually pretty good. Uh, UFO Common Yaki mm. Soban is a really weird uh, old beat-em-up if you want to play a really weird old... Uh, like... Yaki Soba advertising game. Like Pefty Man's not even their first really weird act, uh, advertising game. This one's a more traditional beat 'em up, but it's actually pretty interesting. Uh kid seems to have had some uh god, were they actually associated with yeah, Recca for Famicom is also a profoundly interesting Game from Kid that's like just a super impressive, uh, super impressive, uh, like shooter that does tons of stuff while minimizing the Famicom's sprite flicker. They're not like the purest developer on there, like, there's some involvement with like Naxxat Soft. But they're, as far as I can find, credited f- at least in some capacity on it. So they, they've got. They've done a lot of weird stuff. Um, so that's, a, that's an interesting sort of company. Uh, if, if, if you're willing to call Pepsi Man a hit, I don't think I could, in good conscience, call a bunch of these other things not hits. Uh, which is the other thing you run into? Um uh, okay.
0: Enough said, Bob.
1: Yeah, it's just just a weird little company.
0: All systems go.
1: Uh, uh, does anyone remember ToeJam and All Three? Yes, I do. It sucks. Um. Those those character designs just don't really work in 3D. Um, My favorite part about ToeJam & Earl 3 is that it's one of those really early uh, examples of sort of vaporware, because that was planned for, like, three different platforms until it (laughs) finally came out on Xbox. Uh, At one point, it was an N64 game, to my knowledge.
0: Is that the same developers as the older ones? I forget. who. Uh,
1: It was made by ToeJam & Earl Productions.
0: Okay. Well. (laughs)
1: Yeah, at the time... Uh, let's see. Yeah, they produced... At the time, they were known as Johnson Vorsanger Productions. Uh, and they produced the original ToeJam & Earl. They produced Ready Aim Tomatoes. They produced uh, Panic on Funkatron. And, yeah, after that, they... like At some point, it was meant to be like an N64 game. Uh, okay. There's never a plan to make Sega CD or 32X versions of Toe Jam & Earl. Uh, OK. Yeah, they talked about making Toe Jam & Earl for non- uh, Yeah. So in 1998, they agreed with a publisher who's long since left this mortal coil, GT Interactive, publish a To & Earl game for the N64. Uh, then that ended up going away. Uh, then for a while they were working on a Dreamcast game, uh, a Dreamcast version uh, partnered with Visual Concepts. That goes away and eventually the game finally ends up uh finally ends up coming out on the original xbox in that like blast of Sega content that happens on the xbox in 2002 as they're just sort of pumping out anything that's not a as recognizable franchise that like sony or nintendo had dibs on ends up on the xbox and so you get all these weird things like toe jam and three and gun valkyrie and panzer dragoon order and all that shit
0: uh, it's a trigger in order, so good.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful game.
0: Uh, hey Tim, it's the wheels, and he's awake.
1: Only, only slightly. But yeah, To Jam and Earl's 3 like it just doesn't. It's not awful, but there's there's a reason that no one really remembers it. It's not a super memorable game. <laughs> I would not I would not recommend going to the trouble of playing it, since it's also trapped on the original Xbox. It's never been re-released in any meaningful capacity. Uh, it didn't even get re-released in the same way that like, Jet Set Radio Future and Sega GT 2002 did, where they were uh, released as pack-ins with the Xbox for a good period, and then were available as uh, backwards compatible on the Xbox 360. I don't think Toad Jump and All 3 was ever even backwards compatible. Like truly lost to time. Kind of a shame in the sense of it sucks that a game is lost to time, but it's also like it's not. It's not an amazing game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... That's, uh... That's, that's the toe jam our old discussion. <laughs> how many people... Okay, Shiny Entertainment counting as a one-hit wonder because of Earthworm Jim, or MDK, considered a big hit too, and how many people bought two Matrix games in the early aughts? know the Matrix sold at least 4 million copies. <laughs> like, some crazy number. Uh...
0: I would say no, just because of that. So.
1: Yeah, you, you could make the argument that like it only sold that well because it was the Matrix. and like Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, it definitely sold. Uh, only now I know that they made a PS1 game called Wild Nine. Yeah, that game kind of sucks. I had it as a kid. It's not very good. Uh, they, it, it has kind of. Janky controls sort of poor collision detection. And the, the fundamental gimmick that they cooked up for it was this thing called... Your character, the very badly named Wex, uh, has something called a rig. You sort of shoot it out and it grabs enemies and then you can sort of bash them against uh, floors or push them into grinders. It's It's really assuming that you're finding, like, essentially, like, cartoonish torturing the enemies really funny, and it's like, eh, this is maybe enough to carry a level. But it's kind of the game's whole gimmick. It's not very good. Um, yeah. Sh-
0: Chinese RTS.
1: Oh, uh, God, which one was that? Oh, Sacrifice. I remember that getting hype at the time, but I don't actually, I did not care about RTSs and still don't. Uh...
0: It was weird, but
1: yeah, I, Earthworm Jim was definitely a hit. It was their their only real homegrown hit. So if you wanted to make an argument for excluding things where it was like a license that they were a hired gun for, you could probably make the argument uh, because not even Earthworm Jim Two was particularly successful. But it's a uh... God. What else did they make? They I was thinking about something else that shiny made in that era I was just watching a video about it why am i blanking on what it was uh, yeah it was one of those games like swarm gym 2 Oh, yeah, yeah, I was, just, I was just thinking about MDK, which, yeah, you already brought up MDK. Is Umihara Kawase secretly scary? Uh, no, it's just weird. It's just a weird game. I I don't know that I would want to know the guy who's made it his life to make Umihara Kawase. He seems like he's probably kind of a weird dude, but I wouldn't call the game scary. <laughs> Well, do you remember what Umihara Kawase is? No. Uh, A often re-released slash updated slash remade platformer about a girl using a fishing hook. I do actually know. Uh, Yeah, a fishing rod grappling hook.
0: I played one of them a little bit. It was okay.
1: For a few minutes, they were, for some reason, really obsessed with bringing them to the U.S. as Yumi's Odd Odyssey, and then eventually they sort of gave up on that branding and just started calling them Umihara Hatakuwase. Because the kind of person who would buy Umihara Kawase does not particularly need its name changed. Yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah uh, fine. Yes.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call them scary. They're very weird. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, I suppose that can be unsettling in its way. Um, but yeah, I think we're probably gonna call it quits right about now. So
0: brain power.
1: Yeah, wheels is dying. Um so, what I'll say is that you should check out dear friend uh, Gaijin Monogatari slash Michael Baker slash Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, uh, books that can be purchased on Amazon via Dead Tree format, which are inexplicably cheaper uh, in Volumes 1, 3, and 4 than you would think. Or as uh, Kindle uh, eBooks via Kindle or Kindle Unlimited, uh, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. If you want to experience the joys of people uh, learning tabletop, learning to love tabletop RPGs, and making bad decisions in those tabletop RPGs, uh, give that give it a look. Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Uh, there's a bunch of RP gamer streams that happen every. Uh, every week, I do not have the encyclopedia committed to memory of who streams when, but there's RPGamer streams for uh, for all seasons. Uh, a stream for all seasons, yeah, if you, you will. You
0: can check out the schedule. I think it's uh, on the RPGamer Twitch page, or you can poke around in Discord and find it there.
1: Yeah, speaking of Discord, you can ask us questions if you catch us streaming, which happens at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, every Thursday, unless Wheels has a Springsteen concert to see.
0: I forgot to talk about that.
1: Let's talk about it non um, Yeah. which happens on uh, Sunday nights at the same time. Uh, you can... Uh, you can catch us during the stream on twitch.tv askwheels to ask us questions, or you can ask us questions in the Discord, which you can get access to by going to the community tab of RPGamer. It's a nice little community, and I mean, hey, uh, worst comes to worst, you can check the stream, stream schedule there and uh, catch more entertaining streams. Uh, but otherwise... I believe that about wraps us up, so see ya, Space Cowboys.
0: See ya.